Hi, this is Alina and Megan, and you're listening to Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast, where we dive into all things health, wellness, and fitness. We are two certified athletic trainers, personal trainers, and nutrition coaches who met and graduated together from the University of Arkansas. And we want to do this podcast to spread our joy about treating our bodies well through nutrition, exercise, and knowledge. Today on the podcast, we welcome Coach Andrew Hannon. Andrew is a golf fitness specialist at Premier Fitness Systems in Scottsdale, Arizona. He was rated one of the Golf Digest Top 50 Fitness Trainers in America in both 2017 and 2019. He is full of innovative and creative ways of training athletes and the general population alike. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew. We're so excited to have you here. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Megan, nice to meet you, finally. And Elena. Nice to meet you. Virtually meet you. So, Andrew, you're a coach in Arizona. Can you tell our listeners just a little bit more about you and like what you do kind of on the daily? Yeah, so I'm a fitness coach in Scottsdale, Arizona. I work for a small studio. It's called Premier Fitness Systems. And our big market is probably, the you see a lot of my stuff on Instagram. I do a lot of golf-specific stuff. So I'm working with, you know, quite a few golfers, some rotational athletes, baseball players. But I work with, you know, Jim Pop as well. So our big philosophy, obviously, is quality of movement, but also we're starting to incorporate more. We kind of go back and forth throughout the years. I mean, we were big into movement when I moved out of here six years ago, incorporating more strength by mechanic work now, incorporated with breathing. But I think we just blend a lot of systems together, and it's really working for us. And it's really changed my perspective on training and, you know, how I work with different people, different populations. So. And me personally, I mean, I'm originally from, from the Midwest. I grew up in Kansas, small town in Kansas. Moved out here six years ago with my girlfriend, wife now, and it's probably the best move of my life. So kind of the rest is history. Cool. So how did you get involved with Premier Fitness Systems specifically? Like, did you just sort of happen upon it or was there something specific that kind of gravitated you towards it? Yeah, actually... During that time in Kansas, we were looking for a move. We were tired of the cold weather, inconsistency of, you know, what I was doing. I was working for like an in-home training company. I was getting kind of burned out. So I was going from like home to home, location to location. I was just getting burned out. So we were ready for a move. And I came across Premier Fitness Systems through uh, TPI, which is a, it's called Titleist Performance Institute, which is a big like golf performance, pretty much hub. Uh, they kind of started all that stuff about 20 years ago and I came across you know they were hiring and I was like Jess what do you think of Arizona she's like I could do with that so I sent in my resume to Greg one of the owners and he called me back like two days later and we had like a six month this interview process they flew me out here again in November six years ago and kind of talked a little more and again we decided to make the move no family, no friends or anything. It was just a big kind of big jump, but we were ready. And, you know, it's probably the best, best move I could have made just with the location and where we are now and, you know, the people I work for and people I work with. So it's, it's been great. Yeah. It sounds like they really facilitate you continuing your education. Like, I, I mean, maybe it's just because you're in a, an, a place where there's a lot of competition with gyms and with personal trainers in general, but like, I don't feel like it's the norm to be doing like what you're doing and what we're trying to do with incorporating breathing and like really digging into the biomechanics. Yeah, I think that's what we've really built. I mean, it takes a lot of buy-in. And again, we've learned a lot through, I mean, 
like both of you all know, it's all about just coaching and work with people. We do, we pride a lot in just working with, you know, keeping that relationship, keeping retention with our clients. And, you know, once you kind of create that buy-in and that trust with them and they'll be clients forever. I mean, we can have all the acronyms you want after our names, but you know, if you don't know how to work with people, like it doesn't really matter. So we really take pride in that, especially with all this COVID stuff going on. We're lucky enough to stay open around where we are because it, it, it hit us pretty hard, especially the gym industry here. A lot of corporate gyms and, you know, small, like the Orange Theories, the small group places, like they really got hit hard. And we were lucky enough that, you know, when that happened, I was, again, going to people's homes. I was there coming to my backyard. They were training with me in, you know, 90 degree heat. So I was lucky enough to be able to uh, maintain and stay afloat while all this happened. So, yeah, it's been quite a blessing just to stay open and, and keep working. So about what you just said about buy-in, that was actually what I was going to ask you. How do you get buy-in from your clients with the breathing stuff, but also just I see on your Instagram, just you do different stuff with your clients. You're doing uh, things that are more out of that normal pattern of conventional strength and conditioning. So how do you get that buy-in? Yeah, I think it's funny with Instagram and all that stuff, there's so much information out there that you know, when I moved out here, I kind of committed to myself to try to like post, you know, every day, you know, it was simple as, you know, do a drill every day or post a class. So that's kind of where I started. And it's just like, I just like being creative, but still having some context behind it. So with like my background was sports and fitness, everything. I mean, I grew up, you know, baseball, football, basketball. I didn't really play golf growing up. So now it's just like incorporating all those philosophy and, you know, strategies and athletics that I grew up with like I can blend those together into fitness and make it fun but also productive and you know still create outcomes so on me trying to create buy-in I mean it's just again this continuing to learn but also knowing how to read the person who I'm working with you know what's their goal what's important to them and then how do I make their experience with the session and when they're working with me you know based on the outcomes they want to create but also make it fun for them you know they're they're paying me to see me for that hour. So I want to make it beneficial for them. So, you know, if it helps them to breathe a little bit and then add some strength, I'm going to do that. If they love just strictly moving, laying on the floor, stretching, like I'm going to do that as well. So it's just like throwing that in and listening to them on what they want and what they want to kind of create and what they want out of the session in their life. And I'm going to listen to that. That's kind of how you just, just listen and create buy-in and also blend in the philosophies that we kind of created. Yeah, I think what you said was really important. You said something about making it fun. And I think a lot yeah. of trainers forget that. Especially the breathing stuff. Fun. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, with the breathing stuff, that's, you know, it's, that can not be fun because it's boring for some. So again, yeah. you just have to read the person and you have to reverse, especially I work with a lot of like 60 plus year olds. So it's like flipping it from, you know, having them do balance work, playing with tennis balls, like what, what kids should be doing. And then on the opposite end, have kids when they come in, be kids. You know, I get a lot of, you know, those parents that want to bring their kid in for golf training. Usually my first question is, okay, what other sports are they playing? And mm -hmm. it could be this over that they're only golf, you know, all season. And that kind of drives me nuts. because I'm, I'm such a, you know, athlete first kind of mindset. So if they're going to come in and train with me, we're, we're going to do pretty much anything that has nothing to do with golf. We're going to do a lot of, you know, feet work, jump, cut, land, you know, work on mechanics of sprinting, jumping, play with balls and the kids, you know, I don't work with too many anymore, but it's just like, that's just how I use my philosophy for adults too. Like 
I'm going to do pretty much everything you don't do outside of golf just so you can live and play with your grandkids in, you know, 20 years. It's You're saving those kids' athletic careers. Yeah. By doing that. Yeah. And their parents will thank you eventually, I'm sure. But yeah. So do you see – I have a friend actually who – I'm not sure what – suburb actually he's a classmate of Alina and mine his name is Chris Reed he's a trainer down there as well and he said that there's just so many kids I mean Arizona attracts athletes because there's nice practicable weather like year-round right so all these outdoor sports can practice year-round so do you see just like a ton of like freak athlete kids I do again we get some but other trainers I follow the gyms that I go to and athletes and trainers I talk with I mean you know again like what you said a lot of kids out here are playing one sport because like you yeah. said they they can specialize pretty early because they could be outside all day or do a lot of team stuff outside and it's that's all season and that's where it's just like it's just crazy to me because I'm such a I grew up in a, obviously a seasonal state so when it was winter time it's basketball season when it's fall it's football soccer and then you know spring was baseball so it's like the idea of trying to play one sport all season you know obviously you'll be hopefully specialize and pretty good at that sport, but it's just like other things that you're missing from the other stuff, motor patterns to learn how to run, again, cut, sprint, all that stuff. Like, I feel like a lot of those kids are missing that. And then they go to these big time schools and for one, they don't know how to properly strength train and they're thrown into this mix of a whole bunch of stuff, but also just the environment, especially these, these golfers that don't know how to be around like a team because they're playing an individualized sport their whole life. I think there's so much that's, that's just missing like socially too not being on a team or being around other kids that do different stuff. You just kind of stay in one lane and that's it. It's just hard to agree with. I mean, there's research too that just shows that doing multiple sports helps overall development of that kid. I mean, it's so important to do those balance drills and do that stuff that you're doing with them at that age. Also at the older age too, but definitely think that what you're talking about just speaks so true to early specialization and how it could be detrimental. I totally agree. So I want to touch a little bit about these golfers that you work with. I know you've posted a couple of them on your Instagram. What are some weaknesses that you might see in a golfer? I personally have not worked with golfers, so I find it interesting. Yeah. I mean, it depends obviously on the level because we work with quite a few pros as well. But again, my, our big niche is like the typical, you know, country club, male or female, get in their 50s to 60s. And a lot with them is this, obviously, you know, there's probably, you know, 40 courses around us just in like a six-mile radius, country clubs too. So these are, you know, high net worth people that worked all their lives, a lot of sitting, travel a lot. So now they're retired, obviously they want to play more. So we have to take that in consideration on top of, usually if I see someone three times a week, that's all they're doing besides, you know, playing. Obviously they might walk when they play, but a lot of them don't. So again, the typical stuff that I see is obviously, you know, restricted, you know, you can name muscle group or even a joint, hips, neck, T-spine, rib cage is stiff. So it's just like, again, finding that, that blend and buy-in, but also not getting too into the weeds of like, you know, communicating in that type of sense, right? They have to understand it and understand that it's going to help their golf game, but also it's going to help them with their life. So if I start throwing out like, you know, diaphragm breathing and rib cage pelvis has to be stacked for you to get your full expansion in your, you know, posterior back. You know, a lot of them, it kind of goes over their head and they're going to, you know, say, okay, how's this going to help my backswing? That's kind of what goes through their head. So mm-hmm. communication is key. And also just a lot of those that we work with, 
you know, if you just throw words like flexibility, this is going to help with your turn and your follow through mobility. It's going to help you feel better after your round. So you don't have to feel like you're stretching all the time. And then on the outside or the opposite side of the spectrum, the pros you work with, again, it's going to depend. I mean, a lot of them, I mean, don't have an off season. So when we do work with them and when they do are in for like a week at a time and they want to work on specific stuff, again, we kind of have to find that blend of, okay, if we're going to work on some speed stuff, knowing that we can't do go too high volume here because they have a tournament next week and that tournament can cost them, you know, $2 million. So it's like, Understanding that, and again, communication is key. Working with their swing coach, mm-hmm. see what they're working on, and that's kind of the you know the blend that we kind of have to find out, and make sure that we're not you know we keep them on the course. Yeah. So I was just going to ask you. So you you don't. I mean, obviously you do assess them, but you communicate with their coaches because you're not out there like on the course with them, watching them and seeing what they need. You're kind of just getting feedback from what their coach thinks they need, and then you're translating it into strength and conditioning. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's times that we might go out there. We've actually helped some sweet coaches kind of figure out some things that they've been working on. So if we have time, hey, you know, I'm going to work with my coach today. You mind stopping by and just kind of, you know, shadowing. And we've done that before, and it it's, gives us a lot of context, but also we can kind of share with the swing coach what they don't know, especially with the anatomy or just what's going on with their hip. And then to try to get them into in a, a certain positions that it might be, you know, you know, round peg in a, in a square hole. And they're trying to force this position and physically they, they just can't from what we see in the gym. So we communicate that and they, hey, we'll work on this in the gym and we'll see what happens next week in your next session with your swing coach and see if there's improvement. So there's times, yeah, the communication is key, but also we can observe as well just to help. But yeah, we're not on the co- on the course, like, you know, going through like swing mechanics. That's not, that's not what we do. We understand the verbiage and some of the context of it, but we're not out there like teaching their swing. You know, that's kind of, we leave that for the coaches. Yeah. So what would you say like the percentage of people that are just gen pop? I mean, does everybody in Arizona that comes to you like to golf or are there people that have no interest in golf that you work with? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, (laughs) there's some that come, I mean, if we're talking strictly non-athlete in this gen pop, I mean, it's funny the gym I work for, we're all so different, but we're all under the same umbrella. So our owner's Greg, me and him are kind of the split time with the golfers. Brandon, the other owner, he has a lot of the baseball markets. We got a lot of pros working with him, a lot of minor league guys. But also he works with a bunch of fighters, UFC, cool. MMA. And then Paige and Matt. Paige kind of works strictly with gym pop people. She likes to work with, she's a very yoga-esque type of hybrid with strength training. So she likes to work with women. And Matt's very, like, very biomechanical words. You know, a lot of breathing, a lot of push-pull, a lot of, you know, tilt, the spine, pelvis, everything, but super smart with his verbiage. So we're all just kind of different. Um, so it's just like we got a blend of that clients that come in. I mean, probably I'd say it's 60 to 70% are still golfers, but the rest is kind of in, in between, yeah. you know, other athletes and just strictly gym pop. Cool. So, I mean, I think personally, I mean, golf and baseball are really huge down there, and both of those are obviously very rotational sports or at least components of baseball are very rotational so do you i mean i think that everyone could benefit from doing more rotational work because you go to a gym like a big box gym or crossfit even or anything else like these people are training solely in the sagittal plane for the most Mm -hmm. part occasionally something frontal but really there's nothing that's like rotational or multiplanar or explosive really either so with your gen pop clients are you implementing kind of the same types of concepts with them too 
Yeah, for sure. I think, again, it's, it's going to depend on, you know, what's important to them. So obviously if someone comes in straight out and just wants to, you know, I just want to get, you know, stronger, I want to look better. So that's where you kind of have to blend the strategy of obviously they need, you know, some sagittal strength training just to kind of keep the concepts pretty simple. But also if you depend on how many times you see them, if it's three times a week, or some clients only see one time a week. So it's just like, how do I get the biggest bang for their buck during this hour? But yeah, definitely. It's just, you know, finding out what's important to them, what's their goals. I work with another couple who, you know, they see me three times a week. They love all the creative stuff, but they play tennis every day. So I have to make sure that obviously that they're getting that rotational element in, but also knowing, okay, they played tennis for three hours before they came to see me. So not getting too much of it in, if that makes sense. So it's mm -hmm. like, and make sure that they're, they're healthy, their ankles, knees are working the way I like to see them in the gym. And also just communicating on, you know, how the week went, you know, how's the sleep been? Did you, did you travel? Did you, what was the work like? Can I have a one gym pop client I've been working with for six years. And sometimes she'll just tell me right up like, Hey, I need strictly stretching today and just breathing just based off of if she travel a little bit, she does, she doesn't work. She does a lot of housework. So, you know, sometimes she just, her positions just get off whack from doing all that stuff. So breathing, some strength work, but sometimes she just strictly just likes that. And other days she likes to get after it. So it's just kind of having that relationship and that trust with clients just to see, you know, what do they need for that day and for that hour and not try to force too many systems on them if, if, if they don't want to. I'm going to listen to them. So much of this job is actually psychology more than <laughs> anything else. Yeah, That's the more, yeah. yeah, the more and more I'm seeing. So obviously this is not something that you've learned overnight, all of this information. You did, this is something you've built. You've worked really hard to get here. What are some continuing education courses that you've taken that you feel like are very useful for yeah, somebody think, who's interested? Yeah. What I started with, obviously, with being a trainer, we all need to get certified in, you know, right. NASM, you know, stuff like that. You can obviously just get, get my foot in the door. Because I started at a big box gym. I started at Lifetime Fitness 10 years ago. So again, my mindset was like, okay, I can't wait to do this and work with strictly athletes and without even, I mean, I'm 24, 25 years old back then. So I had no idea like what to expect on top of, again, like you said, the psychology element, the, you know, you got to sell people, you got to sell them, you know, on your training that you've only, you know, been a trainer for four months. So learning how to communicate that and then, you know, looking into what I wanted to learn. And when I got into golf, obviously it was a TPI um, I think that's really important if trainers want to get their foot in the in the door in the golf fitness field, just because that's that everyone knows what it is. A lot of good information out there. It's a system that I still use more as a marketing tool now. I don't use much of their principles or screening process, but it's still important for I feel like trainers to get if they're looking to get in that field. And then that's where we kind of got more into the mobility phase, where you know I start off with learning more from you know. Kelly Starrett and all the, you know, smashing yoga stuff, not yoga, um, foam rolling, lacrosse balls, tension with the bands. I got really into that and that kind of transition once I moved out here with all the Ido Partel stuff. You guys heard of him? Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. He's amazing. <laughs> Greg and Brandon, when they hired me, they're really getting into that. They really used that system for a long time. A lot of the crawling, the spinal movements. Uh, they took that certification before I moved out here. So Blending that in, and then we got into FRC. We took the FRC course. Yep. Again, still a system that we got heavy on, and then again we started picking apart some of the, the principles, and we still use them today. But it's just like, what else is out there? And then PRI, obviously DNS, and now it's just like this whole hybrid of you know learning from 
you know, trainers like you, Megan, like I started following you after following Katie. I started following Katie after doing the, you know, Kyle and um, Matt's mentorship. I did that twice. So that's probably one of the big continue ed things that I did during quarantine was their compound performance mentorship, which, which was really good. That really opened my eyes as to how to be a better coach, how to communicate better, don't get caught up in the system, you know, be able to, to pick and choose kind of what you need to use based on what people want to, you know, achieve. Yeah. So, you know, all of that is just all blended together. Obviously there's more out there, but that's just, I'm, I'm always trying to, you know, continue to learn, not get too caught up in like just learning from Instagram posts, but really need to, you know, review articles, you know, all the data on, on the training based on what I'm trying to achieve with my clients. Yeah. This like whole, I mean, I really wasn't even aware of like mentorships as being a thing. I yeah. mean, I've had mentors and I, looking back, I didn't really think of them as mentors at the time, but I realize now like that is far and away the most valuable thing that you can do for continuing education versus like just taking a weekend course. I mean, obviously it's useful to have the information, but these mentorships, it's like them passing their experience on Mm -hmm. rather than just these principles. So yeah, I mean, and what you just said, like just not just looking at people's posts and being like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. But like letting it like spark your curiosity or like, oh, I'm inspired to like do something kind of similar, but different just because of some component of what someone was sharing. But yeah, I mean, quarantine has really like exposed me to so many brilliant people on Instagram and I'm thankful for that. I'm not really thankful for quarantine, but I am grateful that it's been an opportunity to really expand. We really had no choice with our training. We, it had to go online. Everybody had to go online. So then all of these mentorship opportunities came more f- forefront in what was happening. We've actually had Kyle and Katie on our podcast and oh, really? cool. I've heard such great things about Kyle's mentorship. So it's yeah. awesome that you're just adding to the list. And I think all of us have taken different things. You take bits and pieces and that could be really successful for your clients. Cause some clients might need more of one system while some, some clients might need, you know, some other parts of your education. So yeah. it's just yeah. really great to see trainers like you that utilize this information and are actually elevating their whole career to such another level. And you have a great following. So you have these people that can watch you and you're putting out useful content. And I love that. I just love that. I love how you're like trying new things and really thinking intelligently about the biomechanics about it. And it's just great. It's cool to see. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I think kind of going back to like what you said with the quarantine, I think, you know, for those that didn't, having a big following is like super important, but you have to have some, I've been trying to teach this to some of the trainers that I work with the past couple of years is because I think this type of communication, everything's not going to go away. So if you don't have a following or some type of brand that you've been kind of consistently working on, whether it's sharing, you know, drills or just putting out value, again, no one's going to know where you are because that's all the attention's on Instagram. It's on TikTok. It's on Twitter. So it's Mm -hmm. like, those are how people find, coaches and trainers nowadays that they want to work with online so it's just like if you don't put time into that as well as a business like you know you might get left behind you can't just rely on small group and one-on-one training because again it could just go away like it did this year yep understanding like you know i think i did a you know this golf mentorship not mentorship this little mastermind group that i'm a part of i give a presentation presentation just on social media and just online just presence and it got a lot of good feedback from it just because that's what I like to do is just put out value. Don't try to front on, on stuff that I don't know. 
not try to be fake because I think a lot of trainers get caught up in that or get caught up in a system where they don't want to take the time to learn something different and, and post something new or, you know, put themselves out there a little bit. You got to be vulnerable a little bit to be able to, you know, have people trust you to, you know, buy your stuff or just watch your stuff. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Yeah. Well, so somebody like you definitely, I'm guessing, reads some different books or articles or whatever. So you're too intelligent. So is there something that you've read recently that you would like to share? I'm going to be quite honest with you. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I, I knew that was coming. I was like, wait, yeah. he probably doesn't read after I'm I not, said that. Yeah. I read bits and I'm more, this is kind of how I like to learn. Again, I'm more of a visual learner. Yeah. So just like podcasts, stuff on, and getting caught up on, not too much on Instagram, but like YouTube. If I find something I'm really big into, like I'll listen to it for, for years. So it's like my personality, so I find something routine or consistent, like I'm going to listen to it every time I go home. So right now I'm kind of in that phase of back to kind of like, you know, sports radio and, and football season. So I'm kind of into that. Cool. And, you know, for, as for like, you know, important life stuff, you know, obviously with all the stuff that's going on this past year with all, obviously the election, you know, it's just, I just kind of try to take a sit back and just kind of, you know, just really thinking about my friendships and, and have real conversations with people I'm close with. So it's like, instead of trying to consume my mind with, you know, stuff that's already in my head and try to read a book, like I just get too distracted. So it's just like having, you know, taking that time and some humility to talk with either my wife about stuff, important stuff, talk with old friends that, you know, just check up on them, make sure they're doing okay with stuff and just having a human conversation. I think that's really what I've grown a little bit this past year instead of trying to, you know, oh, I got all this time and I read all these books for it's just like, I know it's not realistic for me. So it's just like either, you know, keep in touch with people I'm close with, work on the relationship with my wife or my family and, you know, hopefully things work out for the best. And oh, that's awesome. You're that. preparing for a baby girl, right? We are. Yeah. When does she do? Scared to death. She's due in March. Oh, you're going to be a great dad. I can already tell. I've known yeah. you for about a half hour, but yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I think yeah. it's funny because we both wanted a girl. I don't know what it is with me and boys, but it's I did not want a boy at all. I don't know why. I grew up with, <laughs> I grew up with two brothers and one sister and, you know, we kind of, you know, gave her a lot of fits, but it's just like, this is kind of maybe that protective instinct. I had a lot of great, you know, women in my life that I idolized. So it's just like, feel more comfortable with raising a girl and, you know, kind of showing her the way, spending time with her than trying to, you know, if I had a boy, I feel like I would just get, you know, put him off to his mom. Cause I was kind of a mom. I'm excited for you. Congrats. I think girl, girls are the best. Yeah. We're girls. So obviously we I mean, biased. <laughs> So, um, okay, so final. What do you say? Any advice would help on how to raise females. Yeah. Uh, good luck. I, I mean, my dad was like very strict, but also very communicative, and like allowed me to be communicative too. So I think that's important because there's probably going to come a time when she's like getting into dating, and you really just want to like nip it in the bud. But I think it's important yeah. to communicate. Just accept it. Okay. I yeah. feel like for me, years down the road. So for now, just change diapers. Okay. <laughs> for me, I feel Fair like enough. my dad was just very caring and just that, you know, he's very, very lovey-dovey and caring. And that I think is, it's uh, different to, you okay. don't always see that, you know? So just, know. Yeah. he was always just sure hugging how, me and stuff. Just Yeah, for sure. Teacher how men should treat her. Yeah, important. for sure. 
Okay. But you definitely will. I love we're giving advice. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. What is this? Um. Business anyway, uh, we have. Kids, yeah. I love we have, it. Yeah, neither of us have kids. I have a dog. Yeah, yeah. a very Last untrained question. dog. <laughs> Last question: What do you do every day or most days to move your brain and or move your body? That sounds scripted. <laughs> yeah, I say it every time. So you do Probably. okay. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, I'm such a routine person. I mean, there's days I get up, you know, three in the morning, snooze one time, and then it's just like, okay, I got to feed the dog. I got to let the dog out. Don't wake up Jess. Then it's off to work. So it's just like routine for me is just, you know, usually the best time in the morning for me is driving to work, especially like, you know, it's 4.30 in the morning. It's just like, it's a calm, peaceful time for me. But at the same time, I might be blasting like, 2000s hip hop as loud as I can at 4 30 in the morning. So it's just like, however, I can get my brain going, prepared for all the personalities that I'm about to endure throughout the day. So that helps me. And knowing that, you know, if I have a break in between and like I need, I need time to recharge, just because I'm pretty introverted in that way. So it's like, if I don't have some quiet time or time to like go get a coffee somewhere, sit down, people watch, like my day can kind of get a little hectic. And then once I get home, it's just like, I just want to you know, not do anything. So it's just like, I have to be prepared, be present when I get home. Cause you know, Jess is going to need some stuff or she didn't need help with, with dinner. Or, you know, she has her day too. So I'm have to listen to her. So it's like, you know, finding time throughout the day to kind of recharge, kind of prepare each moment and kind of take hour by hour how it is. Cause all the training stuff, that's the easy part. Now it's just kind of preparing for, you know, the rest of what I might endure. So if I have like six sessions in a row then i have a fire to put out at home or you know just eat something so it's just like you know which side do i take so it's just like learning how to process that throughout the day and you know what strategy do i take if i do have to cancel some clients or if i do have to not take that break that i need and this you know know how to learn from that for the next time so i don't know if that answered your question i think it's yeah. you know driving finding time for myself and being present totally and training do you train most days or every day like yourself oh that's a good question i mean yeah usually in the morning like if i have a break usually I've, during this time i've had 6 a.m open so i kind of use that hour i used to be big with like you know taking too much time to do prep work and then then i have 20 minutes left to train and it's just like okay i'm not going to do it now so learning how to like you know really you know hey let's get after this working set and let's just go so if yeah. i have an hour I have to really put my mind into it and just really get after something. If I have like a weekend and, you know, two hours and that's like the best day of my life. Cause then I'm not rushed. I could kind of work on creative stuff and stuff that I mean, for me, I don't really have goals right now. It's just kind of, you know, if I have an hour. I'm going to try to do what best I can. But if I have like two, two and a half hours, I don't have nothing to do. Like that's, that's like the best day for me. Cause then I can kind of do whatever I want, not rushed can mix some stuff in film something. And then, but I, I try to get like an hour, hour a day in per day. Yeah, that's solid. So the last question we really have, this really is the last question. Where can people find you? We're going to post your Instagram because it's awesome in the show notes and just, yeah, give us where people can contact you. I mean, that's probably the best place is Instagram. So Ando underscore PFS. If you want to check out where we train, it's at premierfitnesssystems.com. And um, I don't do much Twitter stuff. Some time to time I will. I don't do much TikTok yet. I tried and it just, you know, I just got bored with it. But email too, if anyone's questions or you guys got my email, ahannon 
3320 at gmail. And yeah, that's about it. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Oh, I appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast. Join in every week as we release new episodes. Subscribe or leave us a rating at Apple Podcasts. If you have questions or topics to cover, please email moveyourbb at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at moveyourbb.